0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome in here to this Saturday fifth quarter edition of Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. It is Saturday, December 14th, 2019. I am your host,
2: Will Porter. Ricky Altman is on the road right now in
1: Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. He is covering the North-South game there. A bunch of high school athletes that all across the state of South Carolina they are united together and it's going to be such a great game full of just full of talent full of um, full of energy if you will uh, it's a, it's something different uh, Richie was talking to me about it and it from just the, the sheer um, just the sheer talking about it and the aura that it encompasses or the, the aura that just the saying that I am playing in the North South game uh, ha- carries a lot uh, with it. So uh, whenever he's able to uh, get in here, we, w- we of course will get him in here as soon as we can. But uh, not only are we going to be covering the North South game uh, as well, but we also have a lot of college uh, football action uh, to talk about as well, the Heisman Trophy ceremony. A, a Heisman winner will be chosen uh, tonight. That is going to be, I think, at eight o'clock there on ESPN, and 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 that's a, that's a star-studded uh, lineup. And uh, in my opinion, it is one player's um, Heisman to lose, if you will. It's not even close, even though there is a, an immense um, amount of talent on. On just on the entire uh, roster of that, if you will. Uh, you have three quarterbacks uh, from three teams that are in the uh, college football playoff, the three of the four teams there. And one of them is a defensive player uh, in Chase Young. And I think that um, he could have broken uh, single season records if he did, uh, if he was able to play a full uh, be able to play a full 13 games or 12 games in the regular season, uh, and then not to mention the um, the championship game there that Ohio State played against Wisconsin. But also uh, something to mention too uh, in the uh, Touchstone Energy Bowl uh, that is the you North know, South game, and they they renamed it. But the Mr. Football Award is going to be handed out now. The South Carolina Athletic Coaches Association they have selected. Seven finalists for the, 2000, the, the 2019 Mr. Football Award in South Carolina. And now all seven players will be recognized during halftime of this, um, the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl at Dugshaw Memorial Stadium in Myrtle Beach. That's where the game is being played, uh, followed by the introduction of this year's award recipient. Now, the finalists, uh, they are uh, Makiki Colisardo, the quarterback from Chapman High School. We, of course, spoke to him on Tuesday. Uh, Noah Bell uh, is a quarterback from my alma mater, Saluda High School. We also spoke to him on Tuesday. Uh, Luke Doty, uh, the quarterback from Myrtle Beach High School, the commit to uh, play football there in uh, Myrtle Beach. Or, uh, he was in Myrtle Beach. He's going to play at the University of South Carolina come next year. Um, uh, Rajay Harris from Burns High School. He's a running back. He is uh, one of the Mr. Football finalists. Jalen Hyatt. Uh, the Tennessee commit uh, wide receiver from Dutch Fork High School he caught the game winning uh, touchdown in overtime to win their fourth straight state championship and it was an incredible um, thing to witness. I was on the sidelines for that the stadium uh, especially on the on the side of Dutch Fork but the stadium just exploded with cheers and emotions. Um, but not not to uh, not to mention the other two, uh, forgetting to mention them. Uh, Dwayne Martin is a linebacker and a running back from Lawrence High School, Lawrence District 55 up there, uh, just uh, just near the interstate. And then defensive back from Daniel High School, Tyler Venables. And, um, and we'll we'll dive in we'll dive into these uh, to these cats in just a little bit, and also the history of uh, South Carolina's Mr. Football. So um, we're going to take a break here for just a, for just a moment. And uh, we're going to gather up our show and just to figure out, you know, exactly uh, just exactly who should, should win it or, you know, based on uh, just based on the talent. And then we'll also go through the roster and, and uh, handpick a few of the players that are in this game, because there are a lot of these players here, on this roster in, in the north and also in the south uh, side of the ball, that they, they, they're they going places, that they are going to go uh, play ball at the next level. Um, and some of these players are even at the top level, for that matter, their uh, their schools, their positions. And just the just the matter matter of uh, just to give the perspective, if you will. So uh, we're going to take a timeout right here. You are listening to Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back.
3: I'm gonna need you to back up. I'm gonna need you to back you thinking I'm jumping and leaking in the Leo? It's leaking immediately. Show up this season and wait till you sleeping and then wrap you up nice and needing them sheets. Kick to the door open, i skin scanning for motion. I'm just trying to make all my pockets obese. Don't want the coochie, I just want the lucci. So me and all of my poochies can eat. Might rob two chains for his loose chains. Take his boot thing. I'm the PF chains and take him K. Just take or something. Drop kick, yeah, ain't a fake or something. Looking at me like I'm opaque or something. Don't I look like Drake or something? Shake a girl, make a earth. I'm gonna echo. I'm gonna need back up. I'm gonna need back up. I'm gonna need you to back up. I'm gonna need, yeah. yeah. need, wow. cool. need you to back up. I'm you back up. i I'm gonna need you to back up. I'm gonna need you to back up. I'm in the I'm in the I'm the I'm
4: gonna I'ma need you to back up. I'ma need you to back up. I'ma need you to back up. i am going need you to back up. Spilling the tea, you serving the cup. I'ma need you to back up. I'ma need you back up. I'ma need back from the The I you up, come from the You know I be smarter the sharp. Come 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 from the The I am the Come Talk to you,
3: Cause, oh. cause this is the scenario. I'm in your area. This is your burial, definitely. Turn up your stereo. Get this jumping like Mario. Now you ain't fing with me. You, 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 it's terrible. I might embarrass you right here in front of your whole family. Six, six, six getting carry on. Spitting malaria. Hiding f- in fing Nigeria. Here. This is the, this is the Jerry yeah, the beer, Leave a hair on a chair so they know we was here. Staring in the fear like a deer when a car coming near. In the middle of the road, bit of beer. You don't wanna rock with the man. Hands off of the grands. Counting up bands while I talk to the fans. Knew I could jam, but the top was planned, Now everybody wanna be friends? Damn. How you? Said I'm just fine. In the right place. At the wrong time. Said I go crazy. Out of my mind. And I think bad when daddy wrote down. That it might scrape. And it might grind. But you work hard. And it might shine. Let me slow down. Switch the time. And quit hiding. Back up. Back
4: up. Back up. Back up.
1: Hey, good morning everybody. It is 710 in the morning. My name is Will Porter and I am the host of this fifth quarter um, show here on Southern Sports Central, part of the Blog Talk Radio uh, Network, Uh, the the family of uh, radio shows on the internet that are able to uh, reach the consumer, that is you, the listeners out there. And so if you want to be a part of the action, if you want to uh, call in, like let us know your thoughts. The number to call in is, of course, 323-784-9681. That is 323-784-9681. So um, if you're just joining us, this uh, fifth quarter edition is a little bit different. Uh, We're going on the road, or at least I'm not on the road. Richie Altman is on the road in Myrtle Beach, uh, South Carolina. He is there to cover the North-South game, uh, the Touchstone Energy Bowl at Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium in Myrtle Beach and of course I am here in the studio uh, to bring you this morning's fifth quarter um, and so there's plenty of plenty of uh, college topics to dive into and a lot of interviews and exclusive access at the North-South game whenever uh, Richie uh, calls in and is able to join us but uh, like I said you know you're you're listening to Sub Sports Central so um, you know Give us a call if you feel like that your um, your opinion or uh, your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts. But um, before the break, we're just talking about the seven finalists um, that are up for the 2019 uh, Mr. Football Award, and the, uh, leading leading the charge. There are uh, four quarterbacks and uh, three and then three position players. Uh, one's a running, running back, one's a wide receiver, and then one is a dual threat player. He's on he's on both sides of the ball. And uh, Dwayne Martin from Lawrence High School, he's a linebacker and a running back. And they are they are all up for the uh, Mr. Football awards. Now, I may be a little bit biased here in saying this, but I do I do believe that uh, Noah Bell, the quarterback from Saluda High School, not just because it's my alma mater, well. Take that back! I'm a little bit impartial to uh, the Saludo boys, but um, you know, just the the, the sheer talent that uh, Noah Bell possesses, and um, they 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 had a spectacular season. They win their uh, they win their title, uh, first title in 56 years that they win uh, their state uh, division or their their state class championships. They they go. To Benedict College, and they beat Barnwell 39 to 14, and uh, that 25 point differential um, is just ooh, 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 excuse me, but that point differential just sticks out in my mind. Uh, and he and he was he was the gunslinger behind the five touchdowns that were thrown uh, his way. I think three of those were to Dallin Wright, who um, I should mention, uh, was named to go to the Touchstone Energy Bowl uh, this afternoon, and he is going to be playing in it. But, you know, Noah is an all-around class act, and we, we talked to him on Tuesday, uh, Richie, Richie and I. He called into the show on Tuesday, and he was able to just kind of break down the um, what encompasses a winner and what encompasses the culture that is the high school uh, Tiger football. And the one thing that he mentioned uh, that stuck out to me the most was um family, and it's not just a word, it's an acronym family stands for forget about me, I love you and so Noah is a bright young man who he he's a senior this year, so it was his final year in his final year he's able to um win a trophy and bring a bring a state title home uh to to the alma mater
4: but how you doing again? Must be too
1: comfortable in this chair, (laughs) Um, but he he has three offers right now, and they are they are uh, not Division one offers, which is okay. The offers are still offers, and he is uh, I think it's to Limestone, Erskine, and Newberry. And as far as I know, those are the only three. I I have no updates as of uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, when of course when we interviewed him. But um, the clear cut favorite would would probably be Luke Doty. Luke Doty, of course, is the senior out of uh, Myrtle Beach High School. And he's he's committed to go play uh, football for uh, Will Muschamp in the University of South Carolina, and uh, of course Jalen Hyatt, he's the wide receiver from Dutch Fork, and and um, you, you owe a lot of you, you owe a lot of his um, just just a lot of his uh, talent, if you will, um, or or his ability, of course, to make catches and and things uh to his quarterback and this uh quarterback of course is uh, Ty Olinchuk. Chuck and they both called into the show on Monday and they let us know just you know how how it felt to win a fourth straight and um how how it must have felt for the final play of their high school careers uh in a in a in a season um you know f- forget about the bowl games forget about all that but
0: for those two
1: But for them to uh, be playing pitch and catch ever since they were eight years old and uh, the course Ty is the gunslinger and Jalen Hyatt is the one to uh, catch his pass on the back of the end zone. It's just incredible. So, uh, and then you've got, you know, Dwayne Martin linebacker, and then Tyler Venables is quarterback from uh, Daniel high school up there. I think that is in the upstate Uh, Rajay Harris, the running back from Burns high school and uh, McKee, uh, McKee, feel like I get his name wrong every time, but that's okay because he's from Chapman high school and they won their state championship, uh, on last Saturday as well. Now I want to kind of walk you through, uh, the history of South Carolina's, uh, Mr. Football awards. Now, all of these are, they are, they're notable names. Uh, mo- most of them more notable than others because it, it, I mean, I'm telling you that it's true. So, Last year, it was uh, Zach Pickens from TL from TL Hannah High School up there in Anderson, South Carolina. He won it in 2018. 2017, you had to carry on Joiner from Fort Dorchester High School. He's the uh, he's the guy that uh, he's off to the University of South Carolina now, doing great things there. Um, 2016 winners was uh, it was Gage Moloney. Uh, Moloney, Moloney from Northwestern High School. In 2015, it was Tavian Feaster from Spartanburg High School. Uh, 2014 was Matthew Colburn from Dutch Fork High School. 2013, Jacob Park from Stratford High School won it. Um, in 2012, Mr. Football went to Trammell Terry from Goose Creek High School. Uh, Shaq Rowland from Lexington High School won it in 2011. And then um, Jadavian Clowney from South Point High School. He went to South Point and he won it in 2010. And then you and then you go back a few more. You got Marcus Lattimore, who went to Burns High School. He won it there um, in 2009. And then go back to South Point in 2008. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, Stefan Gilmore won it for the South Point um, football program over there in 2008. And then you go back. There there are a few there are a few more um, notable names. Um, and then go back all the way to. Uh, going all the way back to Derek Watson from Palmetto High School in 1998. So you got a, You got a rich history of uh, players who have won the Mr. Football award. Um, I'm not sure if there's a link here. If I, um, as I as I'm looking on the Touchstone Energy Bowl.com and looking at the history of this of this award, and I was wondering if I could click on a link and it would uh, show me to the finalists as well because. I mean th- th- these are is seven athletes and only one gets to take home um the top honors of being uh, Mr. Football. And so uh and so it, it's going to be one. it's going to be one I think a great a great, uh, great halftime and a great time to uh reflect or uh how however you however you wish to look at it um but now I'm going to go through just kind of the the uh, the starting line, or the, just the lineups, really, the roster sheet uh, from the North and uh, South, uh, from the North All-Stars and the South All-Stars. Um, so uh, starting in the North, uh, from Spartanburg, Chris Miller is going to be the head coach with um, assistants Jason Farmer from Landrum, Victor Floyd from Chester, um, and George Poole from Lamar, Mark Smith from Abbeville, Jeff Tate from, w- from Wren, that's uh, Coach Tate, um, just won his first championship in the school's history last Saturday. And then Derek Youngblood from, uh, Williston Elko. And then you've got, uh, two athletic trainers, one from York and then another from Newberry. So, um, just looking at this, uh, looking at this list here, um, Dylan Buford, he is a kicker from Abbeville, uh, standing at five foot nine, 140 pounds, and um, I, from the reports that I had heard, and I, I'm mentioning his name right out, right out the gate, is because uh, from what I heard, he was, a, was just a stellar kicker all throughout his career there at Abbeyville High School, the Panthers, and what they're able to do with, um, with all of their players and the football factory that they produce, um, the, the people that they get out, and so... Um, it's it's incredible to see his name, of course, here on the list. Uh, you go down the list a little more. Dante Smith is a running back out of Chapman, and uh, Mark Hodges. Uh, Mark Hodges is the coach there, and uh, that's the uh, the other co- the other player that's in the backfield along with um, Kiki, uh, who's up for the Mister Football Award. If you're just joining us here, welcome into Southern Sports Central. My name is Will Porter, and this is the fifth quarter radio show on the road uh, from. From Myrtle Beach, I'm not, of course, in Myrtle Beach. I am back here in studio. Richie Altman is my co-host, and he will be um, calling in as soon as he is able to. He is, of course, at Myrtle Beach, uh, covering the North-South game, which I am going through the rosters right now. So, if you're just tuning in, thank you, and glad uh, I'm glad that you're joining us here on your Saturday morning. Um, but as I continue on down this list, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of schools here that are that are, of course, good to, to look at here. And, um, you know, from from Ren High School, Tyler Cherry, who's the wide receiver there, standing at 6'2", 195 pounds. And I, I think that he he probably has a, a, an offer somewhere, but I, I don't have it in front of me. I don't have it off the top of my head. But, um, you know, great, great talent there. He caught a lot of passes and a lot of good – made a lot of good plays in the state championship game that he had there. Uh, against Myrtle Beach last night or or last weekend, if you will. Um, and then you just keep going down and you, you've got a lot of these good, you got a lot of good teams, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good talent coming from all of these, from all these places. And um, I think um, I would say almost every school here or a handful of all the schools here are uh, mentioned. And you've got, uh, you've got more REN you've got more, um, Woodmont and Westwood uh, schools. Uh, there's a you know, school in, in Central um, that have have a lot of the interior guys that are in that roster. And then you you keep going up. You got Burns. Um, you got a linebacker, a six-three, two hundred pound linebacker in uh, Joshua Bird from Burns High School. Reggie Shaw, of course, is his coach. And then uh, you know you just keep going keep going up the list, and you see all these um, all these spectacular players from the north. Now from the south. Um, from Johnsonville, Ken Cribb is the head coach, um, and then you've got Mark Cagle from Gilbert, uh, Reed Sharp of the third from Brooklyn Casey High School, um, Dan Holland from Pelion, and then Brian Smith from C E Murray, uh, from Chapin. This is this is Chapin's um, <laughs> Chapin's coach uh, Richie Altman had a hard time the distinction between Chapin and Chapman. Uh, Scott Stogner, and then uh, Perry Woolbright from Lexington High School, and uh, looking at this. Looking at this roster here, you you have you have a lot of these, a lot of these players here. Uh, of course, some of them that are going to be going to the next level as well. And uh, uh, as I'm looking, uh, Brody Hopkins is our is our man from uh, Somerville High School, uh, standing at six four, 180 pound wide receiver. He's going to be wearing the number 88. If you are going to be tuning into that um, tuning into that game, or if you're heading out there, he's he's going to be sporting the number 88. Uh, and, and just looking at all of these, just just this list, it's an honor for all these for all these players here to um, be be mentioned, to be able to play uh, in this game, to be selected, and uh, and then at halftime, the Mr. Football Award is going to be announced. And so, without further ado, I do want to bring in my co-host uh, Richie Altman, who is on the road. And uh, to Richie, I say to you, good morning, and uh, I hope that you're staying warm and dry over there. In, um, in Myrtle Beach.
2: Hey, guys. Good morning. Yeah, I'm still on the way up. Uh, it's uh, Of course, it's, it's one of those uh, bright mornings. You know, uh, the game doesn't start till around noon uh, this morning. But that being said, you know, I got an early start this morning, trying to get up there as quick as I can. But, uh, you know, hey, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun-filled day. Uh, everybody's uh, excited. I know the kids have practiced all week. They've had a lot of two-a-days. Uh, they've actually got a chance to do a lot of bonding and uh, even get out and do some shopping uh, for uh, a lot of the um, hometown kids there in in Myrtle Beach, some of the kids who may not have uh, the ability to get out and do some Christmas shopping or get some toys. So they went out and and did that with them on Thursday. And uh, yesterday they had a kind of a family picnic with the parents that came in town and uh, just got a chance to kind of uh, uh, relax a little bit uh, because it has been a lot of work this week. Uh, You know, these guys, again, you know, having to kind of crush in, uh, you know, a week's worth of practice for a game, uh, finally here today, right? And uh, they're gonna get a chance to do some big things, and uh, it should be a good time once we get in here, get settled in. I, you know, again, I don't know if we'll be on the air by the time uh, that I'm able to settle in and, and get put together, but uh, you know, we'll get some nice stories uh, for Monday's show. But uh, just a lot of guys, you know, I mean, you gotta look at it. Um, so many guys that are here uh, that uh, really are, honestly getting the chance to play this game that have always probably dreamed about it. The north-south game, is, is a, it's a historical game. You know, it's an opportunity for these kids to play uh, the best teams, uh, best kids from the upstate. Uh, if you're from the lower state, you get a chance to play, you know, those guys. And if you're from the upstate, you get a chance to play the best of the best uh, in the lower state. Uh, then the other storyline is you get to play with a lot of guys that you've been playing against for so many years, right? You get to be roommates with these kind of guys. I know right now uh, you know Brody Hopkins is, is rooming with a guy from Fort Dorchester. You know, those are two rival teams throughout the year. Not a lot of love lost there usually, but these kids are bonding. They're getting stories and memories made here through the week, and I'm sure uh, that both of these kids are uh, going to have some, uh, quite some stories to tell when they get back home on Sunday.
1: Richie Altman is my co-host and he's live with me right now. Of course, heading up there to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, to um, to cover the Touchstone Energy Bowl, which you said kickoff is at 12, and Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium is the location. And the statement is, of course, stars shine brighter at the beach. Now, um, it helped me more so for the listener, but help me understand here, um, Richie, that are there going to be a lot of, um, are there going to be a lot of scouts, a lot of uh, college recruits that are going to be in attendance uh, to this game?
2: Yeah, there'll be a lot of them here. Uh, From what I understand, uh, no division one guys will be here. It will be a lot of Juco guys uh, from the past that I remember. And again, I could be wrong, but I do remember the last time that I attended one of these, it was a lot of junior college coaches. Uh, Some of the smaller tier coaches are here on the sidelines. Um, So for me, it, it it is very um it's an opportunity uh, again don't don't think for one minute there's not going to be somebody watching that can go back and have a conversation with somebody right um, there's just a lot of different ways that you can definitely show off your your talents here today because it's the best of the best I heard you earlier when I was uh, kind of getting uh, logged on to the to, to the show this morning that uh, you know you were talking about the the Mr Football awards I mean those kids are all honored uh, to be a part of such a prestigious list, and they're all deservingly uh, should be given, you know, the chance here to be recognized. But, um, you know, in the past, South Carolina, the game Gamecocks have done extremely well. Most of the guys that you named on that list most recently, those the 10 guys, the last 10 guys, all went to the University of South Carolina. So if the, if the numbers continue to tell you the, the same, it's going to be a Luke Dirty award today. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised with it. Not that Noah Bell's not worthy enough about it. Not that the kid from um, you know, uh, Chapman isn't worthy enough to to be that guy, right? I mean, there are a lot of guys out here. There's a lot of quarterbacks this year. It's a very heavy, filtered quarterback uh, class this year in this award. And uh, it has very much similar to a Heisman trophy feel to it. But uh, I think Lou Doty's going to be a hard man to beat out of this thing because uh, he has put the numbers together. He's the number two dual-threat quarterback in the country, not just in the state, but in the country. So he's got a lot of things already in his pocket that I think are going to help him a little bit there. And, of course, I'm not going to say he's got the hometown going for him, but but then again, you know, I mean, he's got what he's got, you know, and I think it's going to be a hard man to knock off that pedestal.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at the game day itinerary here uh, that – uh, the both teams they they should be up right about now and they're they're about to start eating breakfast of course um um at their at their two respective uh places uh, so the north north team is separated from the south and south of course is uh separated from the north and um and they they're being uh they're being kept away from from one another which i'm sure that there's a lot of um there's a lot of camaraderie if you will um, you know between them whenever practice is not going on and um, and then from, from at 9 o'clock is whenever they head over to the stadium and then they start their pregame warm-ups and then, um, and then every, all the introductions and all the honors and things like that will, will start and then kickoff is at 12.30. Then at halftime, uh, the South Carolina Football Coaches Association um, will announce their Hall of Fame inductees, and uh, not to mention Mr. Football Award will be handed out. Uh, that that of course is all at halftime, and then post game, uh, of course, is um, the escorts. They will uh, handle uh, the checkout process from uh, the Myrtle Beach High School Fieldhouse and uh, and all of these um, and all of these other technical things. But uh, just just to kind of uh, give. Give me a sense of uh, what what to expect uh, today um, as far as talent on the field what what can we like what can we be able to expect from from a game like this because it's not it's not regular season and it's not a championship game these are These are kids from from all over the state uh, joining together to be a part of one team either north or south, and to uh, showcase talent uh, at the position that they play.
2: You know, here's the thing. I think it's going to be just as you said, it's an all-star game. You know, what does that mean? Well, that just means there's going to be a lot of talent flying all around the field this year, uh, as it is every year. You know, I don't think any kid's going to kind of pull up a little bit. I think they're all going to go out here and and try to show off their talent. But, however, they're seniors. You know, so are you going to go out here and uh, take a chance to get hurt? You know, some people would think that. You know, for me, that's not the question. The question is, who's going to shine today? And who's going to take that, that opportunity to have a, a, a five-star, four-star, strong quarterback throwing it to you if you're a wide receiver? If you're a running back, you're going to have some of the biggest offensive line. This is probably going to be the best offensive line you've had in front of you uh, since you've played the game of high school football, and that's that's going to be pretty close to true there. Defensively, it's the same thing. You're, you're playing beside a guy who has balled out all year long, who's earned the right to play in this all-star game, who's been able to really kind of get after it, All year, just like yourself, and he's been recognized by getting on this team. So, I honestly feel that that year after year, there are are guys that shine that that you may or may not have heard of before. Because you're an upstate guy, you don't know the lower state guys, but you're going to get to introduce to some of the lower state guys today. You know, for me, I'm going to be interested to see how Will Pickering does from Wando. You know, this is a kid out of the low country who – kind of an undersized cat that that doesn't get a lot of love because of uh, A, he's at Uh, Wando. He uh, is not large in stature, but he's very big in heart, and he's very big in talent, and you'll see him roam around that secondary a lot. I mean, we saw him against, of course, uh, Somerville when Somerville and Wando played one another earlier in the season. Uh, This, of course, uh, is the kid who finally is starting to get some offers coming in, and you're seeing that, too, with a lot of these kids. They didn't all get a lot of offers early. It's kind of weird, and I'm wondering how much this transfer portal has played a part of that because these guys realize that there's an opportunity for them to pull from the left side and then pull from the right side. That left side would be that transfer portal, which I've called it the college football draft. Uh, It is going to affect high school, no doubt about that, but uh, I would expect to get to know a few names that you've heard before and introduce yourself to a few names you've never even heard of up until uh, the end of this ballgame.
1: Live right now with uh, Richie Albin, my co-host, who's on his way to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, to cover this um, North-South game, this all-star game of uh, talent all across the state of South Carolina. And um, Yeah, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. Our guy, Will Pickering, uh, you know, he's, he's listed here on the roster at 6'2", uh, 160 pounds, and he's a defensive back, of course, you mentioned from Wando. And, um, of course, uh, Jimmy Noonan uh, has done a great job with that, with that program down there. Uh, of course, we only played them one one game, and that was very early in the season uh, when we covered Somerville uh football and um i mean pickering was Pickering was a danger um you know up front and also it like in in the in the field whenever uh or just up the field whenever um offensive plays would go that way and um and so this is this is talent across the board, like you said talent that a lot of us probably have never have never seen before um or that we or that we have seen before just not at this not at this level and it's all it's all been uh word of mouth but you know a lot of these a lot of these linemen are listed uh well on up there into the um into like two twenty five is the um that's the linebacker uh the D- uh Donatorian best from a c flora and he's listed at two twenty five but then you've got a bunch of guys from uh listed at two fifty and above uh, that that are offensive linemen or or even um, or defensive tackles there, and and these these are big cats that would be valuable to um, other other higher up programs, whether in Division one or in
2: Division two, Richie. Yeah, there's guys all over the field that's got some great size. So you got the two guys from uh, Fort Worth, that I think you're going to keep an eye on those guys as well. Uh, one going to Georgia Tech, the other one heading up to play Navy. Which oh by the way, Navy Army today. Uh, is a highlighted football game uh, so uh, yeah, there is still some college football on the docket today as well uh, but uh, you got those two guys that are that, are, that, that really are going to I think have a big day today I'm curious to see you know what they look like how are they going to be able to kind of uh, work together with some of the other guys around them again uh, you're playing against uh, what are going to be some of the best the best uh, to your left and to your right no matter what position you're standing at. So. You know, it's uh, we could go through this entire roster on the north side as well. There's kids over there that I'm, you know, I want to see what they're able to do. You know, I want to see, you know, what some of these guys are able to do. And I think the most exciting thing for me is that, you know, I've been covering high school football. I've been a part of the the, the conversation with Southern Sports Central uh, since day one. You know, so I've met a lot of kids that you've mentioned that were part of that Mr. Football that have come on this show. And this year alone, we've got over easily a couple dozen of these kids that have been on Southern sports central that we've had conversations with throughout the season and not just here in the low country uh, where the show is based out of, but all the way to the upstate, you know, so uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Just like next week uh, when the shrine bowl kicks off up there in uh, Walford and Spartanburg, you know, they're going to be playing North Carolina versus South Carolina. Well, there's already, I'm noticing 10 kids that play on that North Carolina team that have been on Southern sports central. So for me, you know, I take a lot of interest in this because you know, it's it's. I don't want to use. I want to make sure I use the right words here. But I have the opportunity to get to know. I probably is the best phrase I could say. A lot of kids, and uh, they're kind of all my kids when I get to go to a place like this. Even though you know Southern Sports Central does this, you and I away from Southern Sports Central cover you know Somerville on on Friday nights on ESPN. You know that's that's own entity, but this entity part of our of our deal is a united front for all of high school sports. So I get a chance to really watch these kids ball out, get them on the radio show, get them to have conversations. I mean, you know, all the way from Barnwell's quarterback the other day. You know, there's so many guys that come on here and talk to us. So for me, to finally get a chance to shake their hands and say, hey, man, you know, thanks for making time to come on the radio with us and hanging out with us and all the inboxes. I mean, that's what happens. I mean, just because – You know, these kids aren't on the radio with us, Will. You know, they still inbox me. They still send me their film. They still stay in contact with me. You know, that's a big deal. You know, that's a lot of fun, and and that's what I did, uh, you know, even in my days of playing the game. You know, I I had a guy that I knew I could reach out to at any point. You know, there were no – it wasn't as as computer savvy or as as, uh, social media savvy as these kids are now. But, um, you know, that's, that's, to me, the storyline for me is getting a chance to see a lot of these guys and – you know, a lot of these parents have reached out to me. They're excited about catching up with me too. So that's that's neat, man. That shows us we're doing something right over here. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Richie Altman
1: live right now with him. And of course, he's on the road to Myrtle Beach to cover the North South game and um, looking at the history of this game and the the, the past uh, winners of of this game, if you will. Uh, North is really North has dominated this decade um, for for a little bit, and it, it has gone back and forth. Um, in, in the 2000s, but but North owns the North owns the South in a few of these uh, in a few of these games. And last year, uh, South was able to win uh, a game 13 to 10 uh, with the help of Barnwell's uh, coach Dwayne Garrick at the helm, um, and uh, I think one of his assistants there, Heath Corley, uh, and then Todd Knotts, of course, from Dutch Fork High School. He was one of the assistants, but. Um, it, it's it's kind of a favorite if you will and i'm just looking at the looking at the history of of the north south game that north has really dominated south in a lot of ways and and i mean with good reason uh because the north owns three of the five uh state championships this year and uh, that's that's saluda chapman and rent and they all have Um, you know stellar quarterbacks and and stellar uh, plays stellar coaches if you will um, that that were able to put them in that position to to win in the playoffs and to uh, make a playoff push the way that they did Um, you know but none but I digress I do want to bring up what what can we um, again what can we expect from today's game and what what do you think the the result could
2: be well I'll go back to your first statement here so so I look at it and again I'm I'm I'll take up for for for, for the uh, for the lower state. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talent down here when it comes to 5A football. Which to me, and again, I don't mean this to any way uh, to knock on any other level of football, but 5A football is like power five football. You know, it's the big boy league up here. This is the largest high schools in the state. Uh, it has been owned by the uh, by the lower state uh, for the last five six years, uh, and, and that's come out of either. For uh, Fort Dorchester, a Dutch fork, uh, you know, and again, that's that lower state tier. Then you go to the four a, it's also been owned by the lower state. Uh, Myrtle Beach has won that uh, more than most. Uh, you know, so it, it's a little bit, you know, if you look at it this year, you know, yeah, I would say, and then one a, of course, this year was won by the lower state. Uh, you know, so in past, there are a lot of great talents on the upside. There's a lot of great talents on the lower side. I wouldn't say these coaches work any harder that have won these state champions. Uh, than the guys who didn't win it. Uh, again, I have this conversation with a lot of coaches. Uh, a lot of them won't go to the state championship games. Like I know we saw a handful and we were up there the other day, but there's a lot of them like, man, it's hard. You know, do you ever see these other NFL coaches at Super Bowls? Do you ever see this, that, and the other at national championship games? You don't because it's hard because they get it. The coaches have worked hard to get their kids prepared. And a lot of it, and, and, and the people don't like to use this phrase too much, but a lot of it has to do with luck. Bouncing the ball the right way, right place, right time. There's a lot of things that have to play. Stars have to align to get your team right where you are. Look, for example, teams that have come in here and had to come out of uh, you know, a 3-8 spot. Uh, a, and I say 3-8 spot, a 3-seed a spot. Uh, and, and had to fight their way all the way back from, from, from losing a few games and come back into it and, and play the hardest way to make it possible for them to say, Hey, look, here we are. We're in the, we're in the conversation. I think Wren ended up doing that. I think Wren was the team that we highlighted this past week, a couple of times with a couple of coaches and a player that, uh, you know, they were, they came in a three eight, they came in a three seat and ended up winning it all. So the storylines are there uh, and, and things of course are in front of them for them to do that. Um, you know, and, and so you look at it that, you know, when you look at this game alone coming in here, there's going to be so many talents uh, so many different storylines, so many different headlines that, that are going to play a factor today. And uh, when you look at this roster, it is a very impressive roster. There's a lot of guys out here that are that are ready to roll, man. They're ready to uh, really put it together. But uh, quarterback play is going to be big. Uh, you know, there is going to be a couple guys here that we'll see whether Ty Olinchuk, is he going to be able to step up? He will not have that famous number seven to throw to over there. Uh, that he's thrown to you for the last since he was eight years old. He's going to have to find a couple of other guys. One of those guys yeah. is Brody Hopkins. Brody Hopkins, of course, as you mentioned, number 88 on the roster. He's so used to being number seven. I mean, you know, so there's going to be kind of that, maybe that connection there. So I know Brody has been excited all week long about this trip. When he got there on Sunday, he's been there all week long. You know, you and I have a chance to know him a little bit better than some of these other guys. Uh, and and that goes true for all the kids in the low country. We know them a little bit better because they're here, and uh, we get a chance to talk to them before after or during a game if Somerville has them on the schedule. Uh, Then they feel a little bit more reluctant to call into the show because they hear us down here in the low country a little bit more. But, you know, there's just, like I said, Will Pickering's a kid. I want to see if he's able to cover that defensive side of the ball. I want to see if Brody Hopkins can have one of those hot catches that he's known for uh, where he's kind of twisted like a pretzel and he pulls it down between two defenders. You know, he does have, that's Ty Chuck has, he's got some game changers out there on the corner. So, you know, that's going to be fun for me. This is going to be Brody Hopkins' last game as a football player. He's going to College Charleston to play baseball. Storyline there. Also, Ty Chuck he's going to Clemson to play for the Tigers in baseball. This is his last final football game as well. So, you know, there are, I'm sure, other stories and other kids who are uh, either, A, they're just hanging up their cleats after this game, or B, they're going to go play another sport after this. So, you know, those kids are the ones you want to watch because they don't really have a whole lot to lose as far as, uh, I would say, some type of a, well, and you can't really say that with Ty and, and, and with Brody because I'm not sure if, if he's – matter of fact, I'm pretty sure they're actually – I do know they're going to play baseball uh, this spring, but they don't want to injure themselves either. So there's that fear, too. When you think of a bowl game in college, a lot of these guys sit out for bowl games. Uh, these guys uh, kind of sub in and out a little bit more because they don't want to take uh a chance of getting uh an injury. So there's just there's again, today's game's gonna have that feeling to it, I believe. A lot of subbing in and out. But I hope and pray that this game is gonna come down to the final buzzer and might even some free football and give us some overtime. Yeah,
1: no doubt about it. That would be uh, that would be definitely a, a sight to see and uh, worth worthy of the tickets that were paid uh, for admission. Now, um, you, you, you know, you, of course, you mentioned Ty Olinchuk. He's, he's a quarterback. that's going to be most likely playing his last game as a football player. You mentioned he's going to go to Clemson uh, to play baseball up there for the Tigers. But uh, right now he's a quarterback and he, he's number 10 over there uh, in, in the South, um, on the South side of the ball for this all-star game. And he's got, he's got some talent uh, coming his way uh, on the wide receiver side. And uh, one that I looked at uh, was uh, Mike Jones. He's a wide receiver from uh, Swansea high school. He's, he's built about um, almost like Brody Hopkins. He's tall and lengthy uh, coming in at six foot, 185 pounds coach Brent Wilder, uh, of course, he's the head coach there from Swansea, and he was actually a, a baseball coach from uh, Saluda High School, as a matter of fact. And he he helped on the offensive play calling for uh, for Saluda a number of years ago, and he was able to um, have a have a job to go back to his alma mater to uh, to coach and to to teach over there. And so the program that he's uh, put together there at Swansea over the last couple of years is is pretty stellar, but. Um, yeah, the weapon and, and Mike Jones. I've heard very highly of him um, from the Saluda crowd, uh, just because um, because of that connection with with Brent. But uh, you know, you, when you mentioned all these storylines, and, and we'll we'll take a break here in just a moment. Now I'll, I'll catch up with you. Um, and just what are what are the expectations now? Like, of course, you're you're going in, and you're going to uh, hopefully get a get an interview with. Uh, one of the players, um, at least, get to talk to him, and um, I think that you'll be you'll be putting those updates and everything live on on Twitter at SS Sports Central, right?
2: Yeah, that's the game plan. You know, again, uh, you know, making sure everything's put in play, but uh, you know, just to kind of talk to a couple of these guys. Uh, you know, there's another player that I want to highlight too on the uh, northern side. It, it's Tyson Player. This kid's a, uh, a defensive back. He's a uh, I believe he may be a four star now. He's at a Ridgeview High School. Plays for Perry Parks over there one uh, in statue, but he's a big kid. I mean, this kid can play all over the field. That's the kid that I think, honestly, if Ty Chuck and, and, and the other quarterback there and uh, uh, in the North-South game, if, if there was something that they need to worry about, he's going to be that guy. He's going to be the guy that's going to be, without a doubt, all over the field, able to really kind of put things in perspective. But, you know, between him and a few others, you know, again, Mason Garcia was originally supposed to be on this roster. Uh, they end up bringing a kid in, I think, from the 3A team. I don't have an updated name there yet. But uh, Mason, of course, going to the uh, Shrine Bowl because of the fact uh, that the Myrtle Beach quarterback, who we talked about is up for Mr. Football, had to step out of it because of an injury uh, this year. Uh, he'll be there. But, you know, again, you know, a lot of things going to happen. Trying not to get in the way of these kids uh, like we did last week when we were at the uh, – the, uh, the state games, this has got a different feel to it, though. You're not going to have the uh, availability of these guys until after the game, and then moms and dads are going to be there. So, you know, again, I, I don't want to be that guy in front of their face and trying to get all up in their, you know, uh, their final moments, which could be their final days playing high school football. Of course, this is uh, for all of these guys. I don't think there's another chance for them to play high school football. But, again, good chances for them to play at the next level.
1: And no doubt about it. And on that word, there we'll take a we'll take a short break, and we'll we'll come back. Of course, this is uh, Richie Altman um, live on the road, uh, going to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I am here in studio. Your host, Will Porter. Um going to be covering the North-South game, and then uh, we're going to transition into to the next hour, kind of talking about some more uh, college sports um, and and the awards uh, that the the Heisman Trophy ceremony that's going to be going on tonight uh, on ESPN. I do believe that is at eight o'clock. And then uh, the Army-Navy game is this afternoon. And we'll kind of dabble into those uh, storylines. But until we do that, we're going to take a quick timeout here. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back.
4: don't want to come out, but you don't want to be alone. It don't take but two to have a little soiree. If you're in the mood, sit tight right where you are, babe. Because I'll be at your door in ten minutes. Whatever you got on, girl, stay in it. You ain't got to leave the house to have a good time. I'm going to bring the good time home to you. We'll have a house. Hell- be a home oh, Whatever you got on, baby, stay in it. You ain't gotta leave the house to have a good time. I'm gonna bring a good time home to you. We'll have a house party, we don't need. okay
1: And good morning, everyone. Welcome into this uh, fifth quarter edition of Southern Sports Central uh, on a Saturday morning. Uh, this is December fourteenth, time is seven fifty-three a.m. And if you want to call into the show, um, please be our guest. Uh, the number to call in is three two three seven eight four ninety six eighty one. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna be covering another um, another host of topics in the next uh, in the next hour, starting in starting at eight o'clock. But um, Richie, I'm going to bring you, bring you in here to, to close out the, uh, this 7 this o'clock hour of, of the show as you're going to be uh, heading to Myrtle Beach to cover this uh, North South game. And, um, and we talked about a lot of the, um, we just talked about a lot of the, um, I guess the implications, if you will, of, of this game. It's an all star right. game, so the feel is different. And, um, and a lot of these players, they're, they're going to play. Uh, football at the next level or, or in, in Brody Hopkins case or, or Ty Olinchuk's case they will be playing uh, baseball at their respective uh, colleges at the next level still playing ball if you will uh, because they are they are just those kinds of athletes I, I know that Brody Hopkins is and we, we've we harped on him uh, uh, quite a bit on the show talking about him in, in that way just the athlete that he is mm-hmm. but um, I, I want to dabble in one more time the, the emotion that um, this game is going to be surrounded by not not just with the, these players who may end up playing their last game, um, but, you know, but the parents as well that that are traveling those from the upstate going all the way to Myrtle Beach, or those that are uh, those like us who we can only we could take an hour and a half, two hours uh, to get to the Grand Strand. So um, just kind of give give us a uh, give us a, a monologue of just what the emotion will be surrounding this game today.
2: Well, you know, let's let's kind of give some love to the kids in the backyard that we're in the studios over there in, in, in Somerville. Of course, that covers the entire Lowcountry uh, a little bit closer than it does the rest of the state because it's just easier for us to get to those stadiums and those campuses around. But there's nine football players from around the Lowcountry uh, that are all going to play today, All right, That's uh, including – Uh, Two each from Fort Dorchester and Woodland are are well represented. Now, Woodland, of course, a 2 A school. Uh, Fort Dorchester is a 5 A school. You know, the game, of course, uh, we'll play today over at uh, at Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium. I've played in that stadium multiple times. I'm familiar with it growing up on the Grand Strand and being a part of that area. But, uh, you know, Fort Dorchester, of course, uh, you know, they'll have uh, the defensive lineman uh, boys over there, Brandon Johnson. And uh, Emmanuel Johnson. Now uh, Brandon, you know, committed right here on Southern Sports Central uh, to Navy. So of course, uh, you know, he's definitely playing at the next level. Emmanuel Johnson, he committed to Georgia Tech. So he's going to be playing. Now he's the roommate this week of Brody Hopkins, the only player at Somerville who's committed to play baseball at the College of Charleston, who's a big-time wide receiver. Uh, and the one thing Brody did tell me. Uh, all this week and, and last week or, or weeks coming up to this is that, you know, he can't wait to, to, to get to meet a lot of the guys that he's read about, that he's played against, and uh, some of the guys that he knows pretty well. Uh, Brandon Johnson said the same thing. He couldn't wait to meet, uh, you know, uh, you know Will Pickering, the kid that, uh, you know, he's heard so much about and he's played against, but he never really got a chance to know him. Uh, Woodland, of course, uh, you know, uh, you look at what they have over there with one player on each side of the ball going on the north. South game, of course, led by the wide receiver, Lavelle Davis. That's that big number 13 kid he's heading to the Virginia, right? What's he going to do today? You know, how's he going to go about it? We said it earlier. When you are, I mean, I just named two receivers in the low country that Ty check's going to have a chance to throw to that have huge statues and size, who have great hands, and they're all around really good offensive players. Uh, again, he's committed to Virginia. You know, he'll be joined by uh, the defensive side of the ball, uh, Karon Farrell. You know, that kid there, we saw him firsthand uh, in week zero as Somerville played that team up there in St. George. Very good team. Very, uh, I would say, uh, widespread. It's full of athletes, but two kids will represent them. Then you head over to Berkeley. You know, their offense is averaging about 36 points a game this past year. Uh, again, uh, what can they do? Well, that offensive line has a lot of reasons to why they did that. Of course, the O line kid. Uh, Hunter Powers has been, of course, one of the most uh, powerful guys on the front line in the Low Country. You know, he'll represent them and uh, what he can do over there. Defensively in Timberland, that's another team over there in Berkeley County. Uh, Jalen Richardson, Baptist Hills, uh, Tuklon Bright, he's a defensive end kid. Wonders, like we mentioned, Will Pickering. He's had a few offers kind of going around. We'll see what he can do. Uh, but those are just some of the kids that are representing the Low Country here in our backyard. Uh, that we'll keep it a little bit closer eye to because of the fact that their campuses are so close to our campus over at Southern Sports Central. And, uh, you know, we'll try to keep up with those guys and have each one of them call in and kind of give us their story on number one, their roommate, number two, their experience, and number three, what's the one thing that you're always going to be able to take with you going forward out of this deal. So uh, just a lot of headlines, you know, Tyler Chuck will join us next week. I already know that for a fact. That's going to be his final game playing in high school. So I'm sure he's going to have a lot of uh, probably some sentimental memories here. Uh, mom and dad are going to be there. You know, he's going to have a lot of family up, up there in Myrtle Beach. I already know that for a fact because they're there. Uh, you know, what, what's he going to take out of this thing? And, you know, I talked to him about that whole baseball thing, and he said he didn't realize that he was going to have such a stellar career in baseball. That's why he committed as a sophomore to Clemson so early. Had he known what he knows now, maybe it's a different storyline. Brody Hopkins is the same way. I know that for a fact because Brody and I talked last year about him playing football, and he said, "Man, I just think that baseball is kind of my path." Then here comes September, and the conversation quickly changes. Well, I think I want to play baseball. I think I want to play football. Well, it's just one of those things. You pull the trigger early, not a bad thing. Because again, Brody Hopkins is going to college in Charleston to play baseball, all but for free. And that doesn't happen in baseball. You know, baseball doesn't get the full-ride deals there. So, you know, these kids are getting opportunities in certain areas. Now, Of course, Ty could go to Clemson and try to walk on the football team. Brody doesn't have that chance in College of Charleston. Uh, but, again, uh, a lot of guys here that have come on our show, I didn't want to miss uh, anybody on the outside of the Lowcountry because, you know, I don't have the list in front of me driving down the road. I do know the names of the guys of the Lowcountry because I talk about them every week on ESPN on Friday nights and I go into NBC and talk about those guys. Uh, on the TV screens, So those names come off a little bit easier, but there's so many five-star kids off the field that are five-star kids to me now, maybe not by rivals, but by me on the field as well. They come on our show from all around the state of South Carolina. I know we've talked a lot about the upstate kids at Saluda. We talk a lot about the other kids at at different places like Burns High School and uh, Gaffney High School and, and places like that that are traditionally known for playing Smash Mouth football. But even Irmo has some kids. Sumter has some kids here that are going to be doing some really big things. And guess what? Today is a cool day because you may end up introducing yourself or finding yourself in front of somebody you've never even heard before. But then when you hear their name, you look up their stats, you are know, like, wow, these kids have really been balling out all year. And that's deservedly why they're where they are here today. And no doubt about
1: it. So we're we're going to transition into the 8 o'clock hour uh, in, in just a moment. And we're going to – um we're gonna wrap this thing up here and um you know, Richie, it's uh it's awesome to, to know that, that what you're doing for, for the young kids here um in, in high school sports and to um and to show really show the importance of them and, and um and their their path of their choosing and, and things like that and to highlight their um, highlight their successes and uh one of these successes is of course being nominated to play uh or being selected to play in the North South game and of course you're going to be Uh, heading up there. Kickoff is at 1230, and it's going to be at um, – in in Myrtle Beach, I think it is at Doug Shaw um, Memorial Stadium there. And it's going to be – I think it's going to be a fun time. Um, Yeah, Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium, and I think it is going to be a fun time. Richie, um, are you going to be staying on the line with me heading into the next next hour of the show?
2: Yeah, but I do want to – and I am going to do that, yes. But the one thing I do also want to put out there, guys, is that you can listen to this game. Uh, if you're in Charleston or not in Charleston, uh, here's a couple of things. If you're in Charleston, all three of the stations in uh, the ESPN-affiliated uh, broadcasts will be airing this game. I think their kickoff is at 12 o'clock for pregame uh, on 98.9 FM, 94.7 FM, and 9.10 AM. Now, if you're outside the Charleston area, you want to listen to it, you can pull it up on your phones. You can go to your uh, uh, different devices there. You can go on the Internet and listen to it at charlestonsportsradio.com that also be covered. So there's four different ways to at least hear this, whether you're in the Charleston area or not. But, again, uh, I think it's Phil Cornblue is going to bring the show here uh, today. Phil, of is a pioneer, one of many pioneer guys who do what I do, get a chance to do what Will does and, and talk about uh, all the fun things that are happening around the Low country and all around the state. Now, just like us, uh, Phil Cornblue is a guy who's been covering this stuff for quite some time. And he, of course, uh, knows these kids. You know, he gets into it. Now, also with him, Ted uh, Ted Luckadoo is going to be his, uh, I think, color analyst there. So, should be a good call, should be a good show. And I would definitely tune in and listen to these guys if they're going to bring you uh, at least two and a half to three hours of good all-star bowl football game.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, And on that note, Richie, we're going to take a break here. And uh, for those that that are listening in, you know, if you want to be a part of this show, please call us um, and, and feel free to uh, let us know what your thoughts are on um, on the high school North South game, or how your your team and your season went. Or in in this next in this next hour, we're going to transition into some uh, college football talk here. Uh, the number to call in is three two three seven eight four ninety six eighty one. And um, please stick around, stick around for hour number two because um, there, there's a lot to lot to talk about. So you're listening to Southern Sports Central. Right here on Block Talk Radio. We will be right back.
2: My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed,
1: I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed, I called the farm.
3: I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm.
4: Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm wanna help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed, call the farm.
1: Hey, good morning! Top of the morning to you, everyone. It is 8:05 on this Saturday, uh, December 14th, 2019. Uh, we're wrapping up the we're wrapping up the new the, the year. We're wrapping up the decade, if you will. Um, Southern Sports Central. You are listening to the fifth quarter uh, radio show right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Will Porter. I, of course, am in the studio. Uh, my co-host or the host of the uh, of the weekday shows of Southern Sports Central, Richie Altman. He, of course, is on the road going to the North-South game. So, um, Richie, the 8 o'clock hour, we are going to uh, transition into more uh, college football talk, if you will. And uh, one of the main storylines, SEC Network, they tweeted out uh, one more box to check. And, of course, they're talking about Joe Burrow. Joe has been cleaning up awards uh, this postseason ahead of the college football playoff. Uh, his postseason awards include the following the Maxwell Award, the Davy O'Brien Award, the Walter Camp National Player of the Year, the AP Player of the Year, um, the Johnny Unitas Award, and the SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Those are six trophies, and then there is a seventh one that uh, the box has not been checked yet, and that is the Heisman Trophy. Now, he is one of four uh, Heisman Trophy. Uh, Finalists, of course, it's him, and then two players from Ohio State. That is uh, Justin Fields at quarterback and Chase Young, uh, who is a defensive back, uh, a linebacker, defensive player, all-around stud on the defensive side of the ball for Ohio State. And then, of course, Jalen Hurts down there, Oklahoma, and all of these, all these finalists, they are representing their, uh, they are representing their schools um, quite well. They are representing. Uh, the finalists: three of the four, uh, three of the four schools that are uh, in the college football playoff—LSU, uh, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Clemson, of course, being left out. Um, and two of—we talked about this yesterday. Two of the um, possible front runners for, uh, or, or at least uh, to be included, honorary mentions to be in the high school or, or in uh, the Heisman Trophy candidate. Is Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. You can even um, make a, a case for their receivers, possibly. You know, Justin Ross is one uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. But Richie, um, this is, in my opinion, and and probably yours as well. This is Joe Burrow's Heisman Trophy to lose.
2: Yeah. Again, this announcement comes tonight as the uh, the trophy ceremony will be at around eight o'clock tonight on ESPN. Uh, it should be a good one, though. I mean, again, I do feel uh, that it is his to lose. I, I think there's a lot of talent uh, on this docket. Uh, Clemson, uh, you know, and I get it, you know, uh, they, they're they going to not be happy that they don't have somebody there represented. Will, uh, you're a fan there of the Tigers as well, and, and so I understand a lot of the, the Tiger fan base feels like they've been yeah, kind, of, kind of snubbed again. But, look, they're just not one of the best four guys in, in the country. They're just not. Uh, you know, there's just too much talent at quarterback alone that has been consistent played since uh, day one. You, know, you you don't have time when-, when you're going against the best of the best. you got to give your best, and-, and-, and the best will stand up and-, and-, and be the taller ones at the end of the day, and that's what you're seeing there on this list. I mean, your Kyler Murray is-, is without doubt, this guy is he's legit. You know, this kid can can, can really kind of do what he needs to do. You know, you, you look at these guys around the, the-, the country – and, and you wonder, you know, there's other guys that we can mention that that easily could have been in this same conversation, uh, that have won awards all throughout the pre the postseason here. But when you look at this list and you finally say, Okay, well, who's the best of the best? Well, that's who's gonna be hanging out this week, uh or tonight even in New York.
1: No doubt about it. And uh, you know, and from what all of these, all the accomplishments of these Heisman um, finalists, the, the accomplishments are, are uh, it's, it's a list. It is a, it is a long list for each one of them uh, about as long as a, as a receipt from CBS, if you will, uh, throwing in, throwing in a little, little bit of humor this morning, but um, you know, Jalen hurts is, um, is one that sticks out to me. He, he's a, he's a, of course the transfer from, from Alabama, he graduated. Um, and, and, and he transferred then to Oklahoma to better improve his uh to his abilities as a quarterback. He was already he was already a great uh runner, um and, and he was he was built that way. Um and I I mean I for one liked him even, even when he was at Alabama, just the, the um the way that he presented himself, the way he came across because he was uh he was always such a um such a talent that, that was utilized for Alabama, and then of course uh, Tua coming in, and then the, the question, of course, uh, at the beginning of last season was um, for Nick Saban, who who are you going to start? And it and it provoked some frustration from Saban. But um, and you know you you have you have some strong words about the transfer portal, of course, and um, and I'm, I'm going to let you kind of talk on that. But the 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 option that Jalen Hurts had to go to Oklahoma. And I think that that was the best decision for him. It was a football decision. Uh, what are your thoughts now that he is a, he is a transfer and, and, it, and it's strange that Tua Tagovailoa, who was the clear cut favorite to possibly even win the Heisman uh, throughout the season until he gets hurt. And now he's not in, he's not in the conversation anymore. And then you have Jalen Hurts, who was from Alabama transferred to Oklahoma and then put up these numbers, had a great uh, 12-1 and season. They are, of course, the Big 12 uh, champions and going to the college football playoff, and he's
2: up for the Heisman. Well, you know, I think you start to look at some of these things here. So you look at the finalists. I mean, let's get into that quick. Joe Burrow, of course, uh, LSU's quarterback Oklahoma's quarterback, Jalen Hurst, Ohio State's quarterback, Justin Fields. All right, three strong, very strong quarterbacks there there, and uh, then on the Ohio State defensive side, of course, Chase Young. Uh, you know, Now, Burris of course, the favorite in the, uh, you know, the latest one here, and I think it's his to lose. I mean, when you look at this deal here, uh, in 13 games for Burrow, he's thrown for, I think, about 48 touchdowns. Uh, that's including the four uh, in that blowout win against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Uh, 37 to 10. And and you say that because I highlight how good Georgia's defense has been all year long, giving up like eight touchdowns or some crazy number like that. But uh, LSU didn't get the memo and they went all over the field on them and made some highlight reels. Uh, Of course, the Tigers are the best team uh, in the country, right? Number one uh, by both AP and the top 25 by being 13 and 0. And you just got to see what they put together. You know, I think honestly, You know, it's hard not to hand the trophy to this kid. You know, there is not going to be another opportunity for him to show off his talents. But every time he's had an opportunity, he's made uh, the most out of it and made the least amount of mistakes made. That, to me, is a Heisman Trophy resume there. So, for me, if I had a vote, it would have definitely went his way uh, this past week. Uh, I don't. But if I did, that's who I would vote for. Uh, Then after that, you know, I would easily have gone – uh, you know, just kind of looking at some of these guys and, and where they fall in at. Uh, Justin Fields probably, and, and that's kind of unusual because I'm not going to vote with my heart in this but I would think Justin Fields probably would have gotten my number two vote. I think he's been more consistent. He's thrown less interceptions. He's been challenged more because he's had other. He's had a better defensive squad on the other side of the ball that's that kind of made him beat uh, a little bit better than the average bear. And then uh, it, it would have been a tough call for me to go three and four there when you look at the uh, the defensive end there uh, from Ohio State, Chase Young. Uh, you know, of course, uh, he is part of that smash-mouth defense that Big Ten kind of brings to the game, uh, whether what team it is. And then my buddy, Jalen Hurst, who, I, again, I, I just think he's kind of penalized a little bit because he's in the Big 12. They're not known for defensive guys. They're known for offensive guys. That's why it's a shootout. Uh, every Saturday, no matter whether who's playing or what, they're always putting a bunch of points on the board. So you ask yourself the question, how good really is he? You know, how good is Jalen Hurst? We've seen him Alabama style. Yeah, you talk about that transfer portal, and that's going to kind of segue into my thing on him. He did it. If anybody could have done the transfer portal the right way, he did it the right way. Um, no different than uh, Jake Bentley at South Carolina. They graduate, and then they transfer. To finish what you start is all I'm asking you, all right? To finish, meaning to get your degree and then transfer over, that's okay. I don't don't mind that as much. I mind it for these kids who are in their feelings because they're not getting a chance to start. And then all of a sudden, well, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Well, you didn't honor your commitment to them, but yet they honor their commitment to you by giving you a scholarship. But now you're in your feelings because you have to try a little harder. You have to play it a little longer. You have to get up a little earlier, stay a little later. You have to do the little things that got you to that point anyways. So why do you feel like you are you're some, You have a pass? You have a card that gets you past that part. So for me, you know, I, I don't like the transfer portal. I have had this conversation with some high school coaches on the show during the week. Uh, I think it's going to hurt the high school game overall when it's all said and done, definitely for a little while here, unless they put some type of structure on it. And I don't really know what structure they can put on it, but, Again, look at the three quarterbacks here that are all uh, represented here in the Heisman. All three of them are transfer portal quarterbacks. I mean, you know, one was at Georgia, made the best made <laughs> made the best decision of his life, went to Ohio State. The guy that was at Ohio State made his best decision because he's out of LSU. The guy that's over there hanging out Oklahoma, where well, he was swinging the ball around at Alabama. So, uh, you know, that that's it's worked out well for those three quarterbacks, and you're seeing it all across the country. You see Georgia's got quarterbacks also hanging out in Washington. So, you know, for me, you know, it, it works out, and I get it, and I appreciate the, the fact that these kids are still able to show their talent off a little bit. Unfortunately, you know, this is a very quarterback-heavy award. So when you look at this guy from Ohio State, the defensive guy, he's just going to enjoy the trip, man. He's going to enjoy the experience because it's hard to beat out these quarterbacks uh, when they're as talented as they are.
1: Yeah, that that is for sure. And now uh on to some more awards. Um Ed Ed Ogeron, the L S U head coach, he won the uh Home Depot Coach of the Year Award and um and, and that's something uh and, an honorary thing to, to bring home and then um and, and this was some interesting news that uh as as we're on the line right now, um and, and doing the show is that um there is, there's an article out right now, of course, on Bleacher Report, and I'm about to pull this up here, but uh, there's a video um, that um, Chase Young spoke to uh, some reporters at TMZ Sports on, on Friday, uh, yesterday, and it says that um, the he, his, uh, he says plan, plan is in quotes, is to return to Ohio State amid uh, 2020 draft buzz. Now, of course, he is uh, considered to be uh, a top five pick in april's um nfl draft now it doesn't appear though that he has given uh playing on sundays much thought now he um now this video of course is on um is online it is on tmz sports on youtube you can look it up um and i have no way of playing the audio right now but um he's saying his plan is to return to ohio state for his uh senior season and he compiled 44 tackles uh, 21 of those are tackles for loss and then 16 and, a half, 16 and a half sacks and seven forced fumbles uh, on his way to winning the uh, 2019 uh, Chuck um, Benaric Award uh, for the nation's top defensive player. And uh, th- this story, um, they say, will be uh, updated as more, in- as more information uh, comes in. But um, it, kind of interesting news uh, for, a, for one, a Heisman Trophy candidate, but two, Um, who's a player that is very well on his way to becoming a top five draft pick in in the 2020 NFL draft in April.
2: Yeah, I think you look at this kid, and he realizes that Ohio State, right, That's that's the defensive end from Ohio State.
1: Certainly hope that we didn't lose Richie Altman there. You're you're live right now with Southern Sports Central. Uh my my name is Will Porter and uh and hopefully that we'll get Richie back in here. Richie, are you there?
2: Yeah, I broke in and out, just traveling here. So you're talking about the kid from Ohio State, right? You were breaking up a little bit there. I'm in travel, so it's it it, it some of it's in and out there. Um that's what you're talking about, right? The kid from Ohio State, he's coming back for his fifth his, for his uh, senior season? Right.
1: Uh, that That's the speculation. The the, the, right. the talk is that he hasn't given much thought to playing on Sundays. And, and the, this is the defensive player, Chase Young, who's giving thought right. to returning for his senior season. And I, I, pros, I pose the question, you know, he being a Heisman trophy candidate and a likely top five pick in next year's drafts, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, you know, he realizes that here's the thing. There's still unfinished business here. Ohio State – uh, now that changes if these guys win a, a national title, you know I think that conversation changes. Uh, if they don't win a national title, I think he sees that these guys can come back and be a, a strong contender in the next year. Uh, you know, I would say it's just a kind of a factory there; they keep reloading, reloading, reloading. You know, you're seeing it at Clemson, you're seeing it at Alabama, you're seeing it. You're going to start seeing it more and more at LSU and some other campuses around the country. Uh, there as uh, they're, they're doing what they need to do uh, to maintain and then grow from that level. So, for me, this guy here, you know, he gets it. You know, if you look at the, uh, the last so many Heisman Trophy winners, I mean, it's, no fact. it's, it's, it's not a joke or, a, or even a puzzle uh, to put together here because of the fact that you look at the quarterbacks that have come through. The last three years alone have been all quarterbacks. As a matter of fact, if you go to the last 10 years, it's been heavy quarterbacks or running backs. It's kind of been the only call there. I I don't even know because I don't have it any any further than, I think 2009 was a a running back. So it's been a long time since the defensive guys have been able to pick up this award. Uh, This is usually an offensive award. It's usually a quarterback, a running back, and maybe once in a while a a receiver might slide in, but usually you're getting somebody in the backfield of the offense. So, uh, you know, this guy just realizes it. This is, by the way, I think Ohio State's best team uh, historically in a long, long time. It's, you even heard their quarterback say that, Justin Fields, early in the year, said, man, this is the best team ever at Ohio State. Usually that's the kiss of death, but it's worked out. They're still undefeated. They're still handling business. They're still beating around Michigan, uh, I think, five, six years in a row. Uh, and, and as long as they're doing that, why not come back and play college? Get your degree. Finish what you started there. The NFL will be there tomorrow. It'll be there the next day. Come back, and and as long as the good Lord shines on you, you don't get hurt, man, it'll all work itself out.
1: Yeah, uh, and, that, and that's a lot of
2: uh, uh, information
1: to kind of uh, chew on, if you will, uh, to uh, to just really think about. And uh, I think right now, Chase Young, he's focused on, um, I don't know about if he's focused on winning a Heisman, but I know that he's certainly focused on uh, winning a game uh, against Clemson in, uh, in the bowl game uh, coming up in two weeks, if you will. Um, it is going to be in two weeks, in, in two Saturdays from now. And, uh, the, and the, this is huge, This is a huge matchup because who wins this will go to the college football um, final and who's going to win the national championship.
2: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think this is, uh, the next couple of weeks are going to be pretty interesting. Again, tonight the Heisman Trophy is announced. You'll get that out of the way. You'll start getting some of this other, uh, I would say, shade or, or, or some of this other distraction things out of the way so they can really focus on uh, the big games that are coming up. I do want to say this, though. Well, I get it's four teams in the the chase for the national championship. That's a big deal. But pay attention to some of these other games that are out there because they do have implications. I mean, other bowl games, while they might not have the implications of a national title, and I understand that, and that's the only thing that are really I don't like the factor, but you've got a lot of these New Year's Day bowl games that, honestly, they're good, man. I mean, you look at Memphis and Penn State right now, uh, number 17 versus number 10. These are two games that are going to happen, you know, uh, on the – I think the 28th, actually, of December when these two teams get off and, and do what they need to do. And then on the other side of things, that Virginia team, you know what, we'll see what they have uh, going into bowl season. They will play Florida. Florida, of course, I think Florida's a team uh, that the reason I stay to watch this week is I want to see what Dan Mullen does. Florida this time next year could easily be in this conversation with the Final Four. He is, without doubt, has a really Really good coaching staff around him. He's in Gainesville. It's not hard to recruit there in the swamp. They've got historically a sound team day after day, year after year. That's all been created by, of course, who else? than the legendary old ball coach, Steve Spurrier. They've kind of struggled a bit in certain areas. But I think Dan Mulley coming back there. Now, he was there before when uh, Urban Myers, of course, was there. Oregon-Wisconsin, these are two teams that you want to keep an eye on because Wisconsin – Easily could have been in this conversation, just like Oregon could have been in this conversation uh, had they won their respective uh, championship games. These two teams go up against each other on the first day of the year. Again, that's number six versus number eight. And then what does Georgia do? Can Georgia bounce back? Can they bounce back from being annihilated in the SEC championship game and go against a Baylor team who uh, they also were beat, right, in their championship game? So it's number five uh, versus number seven. You know, how is this going to work itself out? Uh, or at least back when these two teams were ranked back when. Uh, two teams that are really good, uh, that are going to face one another. One's very big offensive-wise, and that's Baylor and tw- the Big 12. And then defensively, can Georgia get back to the Georgia days of defense and stop a very high-scoring, very fast-paced uh, Baylor team? So there's a lot of other bowl games that I wouldn't just say, well, at least we got these four teams. Now you've got about, I don't know, a dozen or so or more Games on the docket that are going to have a huge effect going into uh, the uh, the postseason and going into the off season. And
1: yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that's a good segue here. Um, you're talking about Baylor, and so uh, there was a there was another article that was posted here, and um, and talking about who's who's going to uh, who has our vote for for uh, you know coaches of the year or players of the year. Um, and so one of them is a uh, head coach of the year from from Baylor. And um, and I and I, I perfectly agree with this and and um, what the the conversation is you know the, there's no there's no shortage of who deserves like a coach of the year honors like this um, you know Ryan Day from Ohio State he goes undefeated his very first season a lot of that is credit to this is an awesome team an Ohio State team that we've never seen before and and um, this was Urban's team last year and he just uh, handed off the reins to uh, Ryan Day. Uh, you know PJ Fleck from uh, Minnesota and he he had us uh obsessing about Minnesota um, before before they lost to um I think before they lost to Ohio State or or whoever it was I I forget the name escapes me um and then from central michigan Jim um Jim McElwain, he took that team that went 11-1 and, and 11 in 2018 um, and they and they brought it within a uh, batted-down Hail Mary pass avoiding the MAC uh, championship game. But from Baylor's, uh, Matt Rule, what he's done, he received a program that was deader than dead um, and mired in scandal just a couple of years ago. And and this, what he has done is impossible to ignore. His first season was 2017. They went uh, 1-11. It was a train wreck. Their only win came against a, a Kansas team that was winless against um, FBS competition, and they p- improved to uh, seven wins last year. And of course, you know, d- you know, defense in, in Big 12 they, they can be messes sometimes. And that defense at Baylor was still a mess. They they gave up 58 points to uh, West Virginia and 66 to Oklahoma. And uh, they they got to and the, and of course they won their bowl game. Uh, and last year that left on a note saying that there was still a lot of work that they had left to do. Um, and they, they have firmly planted uh, Baylor back on the national map now, and they went 11-2. and uh, Both of those losses uh, came, of course, against Oklahoma. Um, they led the Sooners 28-3 in their first game before letting it slip away, and then they took Oklahoma to overtime in the Big 12 uh, championship. That's how close that um, Coach Matt Rule has come to uh, going 13-0 and with a Power 5 program has not signed a top 200 recruit since 2015 uh, and which didn't receive a single vote in the in or a single vote, if you will, in the preseason AP poll Uh, coach of the year definitely has to go to Matt rule. Yeah. I
2: mean, you know, I get it, Matt. Again, there's so many great coaching jobs that have been done this year. You know, I, I like the fact that you talk about Ohio state, he was kind of handled, uh, a silver spoon there with the uh, With the lineup there and, and that's Where you have to really kind of dissect a little Bit more okay well if this is a guy um, If this Is a guy that that Has taken over a program that Was in shambles that was uh, mm-hmm. Not going in the right direction that there was a lot Of uh, I would say um, Issues around The program like you would mentioned, maybe a Baylor maybe somebody Else like that yeah you want to take them into Higher consideration however Uh, You you look at a guy like Ohio State that's sat here, and and he's kind of been given every opportunity. He's been given all the great players. was it really hard. You know, he just had to show up. Uh, He had the players around him. He had the attitude, the atmosphere, the foundation. I mean, Urban Myers left Ohio State in really, really, really good shape. Really, rarely did you hear about them in the headlines, breaking anything of rules or uh, any sanctions or anything like that. That word never came up much at all, really. I don't – and I'm trying to think – whether I ever heard much about Urban Meyers in that type of terminology, but never much. But, uh, you know, you have to give LSU's credit, though. I mean, LSU wasn't really in the greatest shape there when, when, when this guy comes in. And, you know, he's had his own hiccups, his own trials and tribulations. He hasn't been known as a great head coach. He was always known as a great coordinator. But given the opportunity and the keys to the card of the team that he was in, never really was that good at it, right? I mean, you think about the stops that he made. But finally, and again, this is why I tell people, You have to get the right coach for the right spot for the right atmosphere, and you'll see the right things happen, and that's what's happening at LSU. You know, I think you're going to see the same thing at Florida. I think Florida and Florida State, if Florida State hired the right guy, you'll see the same thing happening over there as well. Uh, So, when you can take a program that's not uh, been doing well but traditionally has a really good program in the history that they've got, yeah, it's easy to kind of dissect that guy. But, uh, again, they're going to have their hands full when it comes to – I would say decorating a certain coach because there's very fortunate. Why we have got a great class of great quarterbacks coming out of this one. Now we got some really good coaches coaching up some kids around the country. Yeah, no doubt about it.
1: Uh, one, one to mention that you mentioned LSU. Uh, that that one has to be Joe Brady. That hire from uh, from the pro level at New Orleans. Of course, he worked with. Uh, Drew Brees, who's a, who is a a, a unanimous Hall of Fame quarterback whenever his time comes uh, and, and working with the Sean Paytons of the world, but uh, for him to come into LSU and to really talk about uh, like quarterback play and to really change the offensive scheme that LSU had uh, really had in years past, you know, Um, and, and putting them in a position to, putting them in a position to succeed the way that. Um, like the way that that puts them into the conversation and, and LSU, yeah, they were in the top, they were in the top five, top 10 for, for most of the year um, or, or I'm talking in the beginning of the year, but this is before we knew who exactly who Joe Burrow was. And, um, and like Brady, like I said, he spent 2017 and 2018 um, as an offensive, as an offensive assistant with the new Orleans saints. And he goes into an LSU program who used to be a run-first team, and um, and they were and they and they were just able to change. He was able to change the offensive scheme and to and to just put the ball in uh, Joe Burrow's hands and to you know give him give him opportunities to make plays. Um, and 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 because of this, you know the running game improved with with LSU. Um, And and because the Tigers didn't really run as often, but it was more effective when they did. And it's very minuscule, but uh, looking at the numbers here, they improved from 4.01 yards per carry in 2018, turned around this year, and they have an average of 4.85 this year. So, I guess the to hand off the assistant coach of the year award has to go to Joe Brady and his ability to um, almost change an entire
2: offensive scheme, if you will. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. When you look at, at, at the chemistry of a coaching staff, it's very similar and it's very um, – uh, just as important as it is the chemistry on the roster there with the football team. You bring in the guys in that meet the, uh, the guys that are around you. Make sure it's a perfect fit. You know, we've had this conversation before. And, uh, you, you know, you, you start to kind of put everything in perspective. Well, coaches are the same way. You know, you have to realistically kind of uh, be mindful of the coaches that you bring in. They've got to not only fit to the players on the field, they've got to fit to the chemistry of the other coaches around you. You know, we have a chance and opportunity, if you will, to hang around uh, up there at Somerville with, with a uh, with a lot of those coaches because of what we do on Friday nights. And for me, you know, I, I'm around that program a lot more than, than of course, uh, you know, a lot of people are, you know. And, again, you know, even that coaching staff up there, you know, we, you know, we spend a lot of time together. We work out in the weight room together. We, we go eat lunch and dinner together. We have these conversations of, of life. We don't just talk about football. It's not always football. It's family. It's life. It's, it's accountability. It's credibility. You know, all those things, you know, they come to factor. You know, it's, it's, it's very funny. I actually went and worked out – uh, yesterday, but it was the day before yesterday. I'm sitting there and, and, and the guys, the yeah, other other coaches in there, you know, while it's the off season, you know, here we are, you know, as coaches and, and, and those in the program working out together, working out and, and hold each other accountable and poking fun. And almost like back in high school when, you know, I'd walk in the weight room and, 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 you know, me being a quarterback and my running back wants to give me a hard time about whatever I'm lifting and just kind of giving me kind of a, a nudge there, if you will. Well, that doesn't change when we get older. We're just bigger kids, man. These coaches are still charring back and forth at each other, poking fun at each other. Uh, One of the coaches said, man, you're still wearing the same shirt you wore in middle school. That's, that's nice. And, uh, you know, just having fun. That's what you have to do. And and so when you look at these coaches that that these other coaches bring in here, you you wonder how much the IQ test that they take, but also how much the personality uh, that they bring in as well. So, Uh, there's a lot of great assistants, man, that that are around the country. And and I don't think, honestly, this is a tough award to give somebody because there are a lot of really, really good uh, position coaches. There's a lot of coordinating coaches out there. And uh, we've said this on this show before, and we've said it on that Monday through Friday show, just because you're a great coordinator doesn't mean you're going to make a great head coach. But, again, that doesn't make you any better or less of a coach. That just means you're especially really good at that one thing Some. Good luck to the coaching staff or whoever ends up voting on this one because you're going to have to really go through the country and dissect a lot of coordinators, a lot of position guys who honestly um, are really good. Just in the state of South Carolina, we're very fortunate to have so many small schools, but we got a lot of big-time coaches coaching at them. Yeah, and uh, those –
1: those coaches there, uh, just all across the country, and what they're able to do with their with their programs, the talent that they the talent that they're given, the talent that they uh, that they have. Uh, you know, we, we touched on it uh, yesterday morning in, in talking about the uh, projecting the results for a hypothetical eight-team college football playoff. We, we dabbled into uh, the, the quarterfinal, and it was uh, number one LSU against number eight Wisconsin, uh, number four Oklahoma versus number five Georgia, uh, number three Clemson against number six Oregon, and uh, number two Ohio State versus number seven Baylor. Um, and we, that that's as far as we got. Of course, uh, it was the end of the show. But um, to, to continue on with this conversation, uh, to pick up where we left off, you know, uh we we talked about how uh you know LSU is just so just so diverse on offense and their defense is uh, is able to um stop a a Jonathan Taylor who quite frankly I see is the only offensive weapon that Wisconsin like has that they can um undoubtedly rely on and i i don't think that um I don't think that they really have enough to, you know, stay in in the conversation of, um, you know, being able to win a game against the number one team in the country. Then, um, number four Oklahoma against number five Georgia, that's going to be like, that's going to be a testament to can Georgia's defense be able to stop the Sooners' offense? But, um, but they they have a they have a hurt DeAndre Swift, and I think that that would matter for. Um, for the Georgia Bulldogs, and and that running back shoulder, um, he he would likely be fine by the time this game would be played. But Oklahoma has too many offensive weapons, and Georgia just doesn't simply have enough. And so Oklahoma wins that one. Then, number three Clemson against number six Oregon. We talked about this, um, you know, playoff possibility again. It's kind of like the the LSU Wisconsin matchup that Clemson just has a lot of um. A lot of offensive weapons to to throw in in the in the direction of the Oregon Ducks, and it, it's like it's Trevor Lawrence is is on another planet right now with the the quarterback play that he is producing and the statement that Clemson is trying to make. And then, of course, Ohio State against Baylor. Ohio State is another one of those complete teams, and Baylor is still trying to get on the cusp of um, getting in the cusp of the national um, spotlight, and they're still in the conversation, but um, it, that this game would be a lopsided game. So, you know – Unfortunately, for those that are looking for upsets in, in this article that was published, the 18 playoff would produce the same final four based solely on matchups. And this is where we, we leave off. So now the semifinal is number one LSU versus number four Oklahoma. Um, and so this becomes a question now of what will happen when LSU matches up with Oklahoma. And it's very hard to see that the Oklahoma Sooners stay
2: close in this. You know, it's funny. I, I look at it, and, of course, everybody's going to be that guy when they're writing the articles or they're on the radio or doing TV to where they're, they're like, well, if you played it all out, this is what would happen. And, and again, it's I don't know if it would happen that way. I, I really don't. I, I can't sit here and say that, that given the opportunity, that one of the teams on the outside looking in doesn't upset people. I mean, again, it happens every Saturday. We've seen so many upsets this week – or, excuse me, this year alone – that had uh, the Sun Belt, known as the Fun Belt, go through the Power Five and upset teams. Uh, I mean, all the way from the SEC to uh, you, you look across the way to the Big 12. I mean, you know, that's just the way it works out. Uh, you can't. It, it's hard to say that. Again, we'll know a lot more about Clemson. And, and, again, Clemson, When you, if you handle business against Ohio State, and I'm not saying you won't, but I'm just saying that the, the talent that you've had to go against has been subpar. Across the, across the board. You know, I think your best matchup, even looking at it, may be what Virginia, and and I get you handle business there. Uh, but, but again, when you go in and you play against, uh, in a neutral site, you play Ohio State. Ohio State's got a really good defense going on. They actually have uh, a guy going to the Heisman. They also have a Heisman Trophy quarterback going into this thing tonight. So, you know, that will argumentatively put a lot of things to sleep for me. Because even... With LSU, LSU had, for me, I needed them to, to take down a team like Georgia for me to say, okay, they're definitely legit now. They, no doubt about it, they're good. The SEC may be not as strongly as it has been in the past, Will, but for them to go in and knock out, drag out, and explode and expose all those words against a team that's only given up like eight touchdowns all year long in Georgia, you know, they're pretty good. And then you look at Oklahoma. You know, what, they, what have they done? You know, how have they been able to handle business? Well, they faced a little bit of adversity, but they're able to go into the Big 12 championship and beat Baylor. Baylor a very good team. Easily Baylor could be in the same conversation with the Final Four. You know, where where do they stand on it? So, you know, I do feel that I get they, they've gotten it right with the best four teams right now that, that are in this conversation, but I do not say it's a shut-case deal that, that the other teams, if it was a 10-man team or if it was an 8-man team, uh, playoff that, that one of these other teams wouldn't upset an uh, Oklahoma, number one, because Oklahoma has shown signs of weakness. Ohio State's shown signs of weakness. Let's not forget, they did not look 100% in the first half against Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, now, again, you're going to get the really good defense over there in Wisconsin, and what they put together, their weakness is probably a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball. but uh, And then Clemson just hasn't been tested yet, you know, and and, and maybe they will never be tested. Maybe they're that good and uh, they continue to roll through this college football playoff and win by 60 and 80 points, you know, then they may go down as the greatest football team in the history of college football, and and, and deservedly so if they keep winning by these large margins. Yeah, um, and one
1: of the things that I I can think of is, uh, as we're looking ahead into these uh, college uh, football uh, final, then this this is the semifinal matchups, um, that we have <laughs> we have this ability to um, just just kind of not really predicting the future, but just kind of foreseeing how how games are going to play out. And of course, this this conversation is going to continue later on um, as time gets closer. But um, like, let's consider something that LSU's offense is so stellar, so absolutely stellar that they can like they can take the night off um on defense and it and it would it wouldn't really matter like LSU can score as much as they want against a defense that is Oklahoma which what defense? Because like, it's the big like we we, we harp on the big Big Twelve. Big Twelve is all about offense, and they really don't care about defense. They they just have they just have some players that that know how to play defense somewhat, and then they don't really develop them. Uh, and and it's just the um, having having eleven players on the defensive side of the ball. That's it. Um, and and the the and just the thought of how how this game is going to play out uh, because it's it's offensive weapons on each side of the ball and if this if this game really stays under like 70 75 points if it stays below that many points um uh to be attributed from both sides of the ball that that's going to be a shock i i think for a lot of people and then you you throw in the ohio state clemson matchup yeah these are two these are two complete teams I think that the, these are the uh, the best two complete teams in, in the country, both with um, great offenses, offensive weapons led by a great quarterback, uh, Justin Fields at Ohio State, and then Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, and they are ranked one and two. And uh, Ohio State and Clemson, they are they are ranked uh, number two and number one, respectively. Um, in in defensive stop rate uh, and and talking about three and outs and and getting a stop and then getting the ball back, getting your defense off the field. Um, This will be, I I agree, this will be the first true test that Clemson has against a a power five team because the ACC has just been so weak this year that competition that they, that they have had to face has been almost non-existent or
2: has been non-existent. Yeah, it's just it, – it is what it is. I mean, you know, again, I, I get it. Clemson fans, uh, you know, to me and – I, and I mean this with all due respect because not all fans are the same. Not all fans in any fan base are easy to deal with. I'm a Gamecock guy who I deal with Gamecock fans who, you know, I don't even talk to them during football season because either they're always Nancy the negative or, or they're just uh, – it's just different, man. So – you know, I, I try to pace myself and space myself from certain types of, of fan bases because, or fans individually, too, because within the fan base, there is those individuals. And, and to be honest with you, you know, Clemson fans right now, and in lot of it is Dabo, who I, I think is a five-star dude off the field. I think he's a five-star coach on the field. I think I told you before, if I had a grandmother on the edge of a bridge ready to jump, he's the guy I'm going to call to get her off the edge because I think he can recruit anybody to do anything. Uh, that being said, you know, I don't like to play the woe is me card. I'm not that guy. I don't like to hear that. It's kind of an Eeyore kind of feeling. You know, you know, woe is me, and I, I just don't like it, dude. Here's the deal: embrace that you're the number three team in the country. Love that you're the number three team in the country. You know, don't don't sit there and and, and just let your body work on the football field. Do the work for you. You know, in, in every other aspect. I mean, we tell our kids that all the time you know what, let let your actions speak your words. Don't speak your words. Just go out there and do what you need to do. And and I think the same thing goes for Clemson. If Clemson goes out there and, and they play Ohio State the way that they think they can and, and, and a lot of people there know they can then this game is going to probably be a pretty good ball game. That's if Ohio State shows up and Ohio State gives them their 100% because if you don't give either one of these teams 100%, it's going to be a long team for the other team. And, and the reason I'm going to tell you this is I watched a team in high school On Saturday, you and I went to Columbia a week ago today. We watched Dorman, who was the upper state champion, uh, playing against the lower state champion, uh, Dutch Ford. Very good ball team. But good teams make things happen when the ball touches the ground. And if you don't score when you have the ball, the other team's going to make you pay for it because they're going to put up seven points. They're going to put up three points. And that's what happened in those two games. They brought their A game. It was as advertised. By the end of the fourth quarter, they were tied up at, at, a, at, a, at the same score. They went into overtime. What happens? Dorman scores down the field. They stall a little bit. They have to go for three. And once they went for three, you heard Jalen Hyatt say it right here on the show Monday. He said, man, we knew we had them. Once they put up three, we knew all we needed was to put up six, throw me at me in zone, and we're done. And that's exactly what happened. So that could be the case coming on this game. Uh, and a nightcap, I believe, uh, is is going to be one for the agents. Yeah, no doubt about it. Plus,
1: uh, consider Ohio State um, and Clemson's running backs. You have J.K. Dobbins um, for the Buckeyes, and then the Tigers have Travis Etienne. That's, that's a nice little uh, subplot, if you will. Arguably the nation's top two uh, running backs, and they're going to go head-to-head against uh, elite defenses. And... Um, uh, Shoot, the only team that can match Clemson's defensive talent is Ohio State, too.
4: Yeah,
2: I would agree with that, and I and I would say that as well. I think the one thing that that our LSU's weaknesses is, is like Alabama's weakness this year was is their defense. They're known for being the DBU, where they've given up a lot of a lot of yards and they've given up a lot of green grass there uh, this year. So there is a concern there if you're LSU secondary wise. That's unheard of, by the way, because. Uh, LSU has always been known uh, from being that team that's had a really solid defense. And then, you know, Oklahoma's coming out of the Big 12. They're not ever really known for much uh, in defensive side of ball. Uh, but, again, look, big-time games bring out big-time players. So, you can't really weigh it out. That one uh, could be a really good one because here's the thing. It's going to be – uh, it, to me, they, they really got two matchups going on that I, that I like the, the headlines in it. Like you mentioned, two good defenses going against each other in Ohio State and Clemson. But then on the other side of the game, uh, you've got Oklahoma and LSU playing each other. Now Oklahoma's quarterback knows LSU, right? He played at Alabama for how many years? He knows uh, the the identity of who the Tigers are. He'll bring that into that locker room. He'll bring that into that preparation. That being said, he also is going to bring in the ability to throw that thing around, run it around. He's a dual-threat quarterback. Can that secondary play enough disciplined football? Can the linebackers play disciplined football at LSU to stay around and put the ball in good field position for their offense? And Again, Joe Burrow, numbers don't lie, nor does his stats um, in any facet of what he's done. But the thing that I love the most about this kid is his film. Watching the way he's able to dissect the defense, watching the way he's able to read uh, the defense as far as whether he holds it or hands it off, those are all things that matter. And his offensive line, they're big. They're solid. They're the guys who can let him stand into what I would call almost like a a superhero portal where he's able to step up in the pocket. Man, he's got this force field around him, and he's able to throw and hang out in there for days. I don't know if he'll have that time with this Big 12 defense coming in here on the front line of Oklahoma. I feel like he will. Uh, but to me, it's going to be two good offensive teams going against each other, and on the other side, two good defensive teams going against each other. Now, the thing is, if you're Oklahoma and you're and you're the likes of LSU, you will you, you like this offensive matchup? However, if you're coming in as Ohio State and Clemson, man, defensive teams win ball games, right? You have to score, yes, but you have to stop the other team from scoring uh, to win that ball game. So, uh, you know, when this championship game comes up. I'm going to have a hard time not going against it before at Clemson or that of the likes of a, um, of Ohio state, because I know their defensive teams are very good. And usually if your defensive teams are good, that means your special teams are pretty solid too. Oh yeah.
1: And I, I think that the Clemson Ohio state game is going to be uh, which, which offensive um, team can be able to get past the, the stellar defense. And then, I mean, LSU, LSU just has to rack up points against an Oklahoma defense and then, and then they, they advance. So we're going to, we're going to wrap the bow on that one. We got about 10 minutes left and we're going to transition into um, the preview for today's game, uh, Army Navy, or or, yeah, it'll be Army Navy. Army is the away team and Navy is the home team. Um, This game is going to kick off at three o'clock on CBS and, uh, ten and a half point favorites are the 23rd ranked uh, Midshipmen against the Army Black Knights. Um, Army is coming in with a five and seven record against um, the the Navy's nine and two, and uh, they they've covered against the spread very well. Um, a record eight and three Navy has, um, and then the same the same season record and the record versus the spread with Army five and seven. Um, there's there's a lot to there's a lot to look at here. Um, there are, I, I would say there's a lot to look at here, but not really much because Navy, Navy is favored so highly, and this this of course is at um, Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. It is a neutral site. Um, it is a neutral site game, neutral site location, and a lot of a lot of the numbers point in favor to Navy uh, winning this game by by quite a bit. They have a um, they have a great Uh, Rushing game Navy has Um, in the last game that they had um, their running back Carruthers rushed for uh, 188 yards on 18 carries and they had uh, five touchdowns there. Uh, I do believe that that game uh, that 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 uh, that Navy played was um, uh, shoot that one was against Houston that they ended up winning 56 to 41. So um, your thoughts on this game real quick.
2: Well, I think you look at this game here by the numbers here. And, and again, strictly by the numbers, Army has, uh, what, 52 uh, wins to the 60 wins going in here against Navy. Navy holds the all-time uh, record here with only seven ties. Currently, though, it's Army that's won the last three games in here. So, you know, they'll play for this one. It's uh, the Commander-in-Chief Trophy here. Uh, it, it's a prestige uh, game. They they save it for the for the last game. It's usually on the Heisman Trophy Day uh, where there are no other games going on in college football. Uh, but it's going to be hard for these guys, uh, you know, an Army to slow down this triple option in Navy. You, you said earlier, they're ranked nationally. They have done some big things. They're a team that I think honestly has the leg up on this one here. But uh, series-wise, you know, you, you go to Navy, of course, but I think uh, even though the last three years Army's found a way to win this one, I just feel like this is Navy's year to get back in there take that trophy back there uh, to Maryland and uh, celebrate a victory when it's all said and done. tell
1: you what i'm looking forward to i am looking forward to the uniforms on on both on both of them because navy always comes out with with great uniforms in their uh in their navy blue and um and their companies and the um the shields that they have um right there on their uh, the patches on their shoulders and then army as well with the the companies and the battalions that they are in and and the the uniforms and the um, I like that. That's what I look forward to the most whenever watching this game, um, no doubt. And like you said, the, the history has been that Army has won the last um, the last two or three meetings that they have had. Um, but you know, Navy, of course, coming in here being being the odds-on favorite, um, you know, ten and a half point favorites, if you will. Um, this this is a game, of course, that has a lot of history to it and a lot of uh, passion, a lot of drive. So. Um, you know, I expect Army to to be throwing everything that they have against the Navy midshipmen.
2: Yeah, I, I do think Army is going to come in here and play again. You can take these records and throw them out the window. They're no different than any other rival. The difference is uh, these guys on the field literally will fight for their country, and they're going to fight for their country when they get out of these football jerseys. So, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of different things here. Uh, you know, of course, uh, there's so much historical, uh, sentimental uh, things that are going to happen during this game, before this game. There's so much tradition to happen in this game. I, I just like to sit back and watch it, be a part of uh, really just, uh, embracing this matchup that, that, again, it's such a big game. They make sure they save it literally for the last college regular season football game of the year, and for me, You know, it's a historical game that, you know, you got to find a spot somewhere uh, at your local spot to watch football, be it at the house, be it at your local spot uh, around town, and and really sit back and enjoy what's going to be, number one, a well-disciplined game, right? I think there'll probably be less penalties in this game than any other game out there because, again, these guys are disciplined. And, and number two, a hard-fought game that's got so much of, uh, I'd say, um, uh, not respect, definitely respect, but, uh, just different things that this thing just means a little bit more than any other football game out there that's played on Saturday.
1: It's also worth mentioning um, that that Navy they they have um, they have earned a spot. They they have uh, their ticket has been punched for a spot in the Liberty Bowl, and that that is a prestigious postseason game. It's going to. Um, uh, Hit them the Na- the Navy midshipmen against the uh, Kansas State um, team from the Big 12, and Kansas State, um, you know, if you remember, they they handed the um, Oklahoma Sooners their only loss of the regular season. So um, the midshipmen they have an opportunity uh, come in the new year for this after this bowl or after this Army Navy game and this bowl game, the Liberty Bowl, to really make noise at a national level in Memphis.
2: Well, I mean, again, yeah, that's going to be a good game there. You know, they already, you know, they realize they're playing in postseason. But right now, the only game that matters to Army, the only game that matters to Navy, and trust me, believe me, when these kids signed up for these two schools, that game on this given day was circled. We had uh, Brandon Johnson in here who committed on air with us. He uh, made his announcement uh, with us here on Southern Sports Central uh, a week or so ago. And he mentioned very quickly, you know, beat Army. It was just that quick. He's already transitioned from his fort days to now his Navy days. He know he's got one more all-star game here to play today. Of course, uh, I'm sure he'll have some eyes and ears on that game today as well as, uh, you know, he, he's already ready to rock and roll and be a part of that tradition up there that's uh, usually the second week in December. Here's a little fact that I just found out that, um, that I would have
1: never known uh, unless reading this. Um, the Black Knights Army, they have plenty at stake. The the rivalry winning streak extending at two three games. They've won their last two against Navy. Um, the historic bragging rights and sending out its current class of seniors undefeated in their careers against Navy. So uh, Army, the Black Knights have a lot to play for in this game today. And like and like I said at the beginning of this, um, I like I expect this to be an all out um, an, an all out football matchup. Uh, from both teams looking to uh, just find
2: find one way or another to beat each other? Well, like I said, three in a row, man, that's what the Army has been able to do. They've been able to handle uh, that triple option that you've seen year after year after year that you get a lot of times in some of the other schools and uh, the FCS programs. But, uh, you know, Navy comes in here. These guys are, again, they're eager. They're, they need to get this streak knocked down to, to the 1-0 going in the right way for uh, those guys over at Navy. But we'll, we'll wait and see how it works out. But it should be a big one here, as it always is. And uh, it'll be a sellout crowd. Of course, uh, there'll be more politicians in this stadium than, than uh, any game all year long put together, I would imagine.
1: Well, no doubt about it. Richie, um, it's been a great show today, and you, of course, you're heading to the north-south game there in Myrtle Beach. Uh, for, for those that uh, caught on to um, or started listening to the show near the very end, can you give us, a, give us an idea or, – or no, no, not an idea. Give us the way. Give us the way that uh, we can be able to okay. listen to the game or keep up with the game today.
2: Uh, so if you're checking out the game today, now here, if you are in the Low Country, you can always go right there to the uh, the three major ESPN uh, channels: there, ninety eight nine FM, ninety four seven FM, and nine ten AM. That, of course, is here in Charleston. If you're listening and you're trying to hear the North South game from abroad, maybe you're in another con- another state, heck, even another country. We do have listeners out and about. So uh, go over to charlestonsportsradio dot com. Again, charlestonsportsradio.com. dot uh, Check it out over there. And uh, you won't be disappointed. Got two great guys doing it. Phil Blue is going to be bringing you the call here today. Uh, he is a pioneer to the uh, the game of high school football. He does this show on Friday nights uh, that I get a chance to call in to recap the game that I cover. But uh, should be a good time. Should be a great event here today. Of course, you got that game going on. You got the, the Navy Army game going on. Of course, Will, you did a great job, man. I love the fact that you've taken uh, this fifth quarter show and ran with it, buddy.
4: Yes, sir, absolutely.
2: Hey, from all of us here at Summit Sports Central, for
1: Richie Altman,
4: Thank you so much for cool tuning into
1: um, this morning's broadcast, and we will come right back at you Monday morning at 7 o'clock sharp, talking everything from high school and college. Uh, until then, so long. Pop in
4: my CD and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back
1: this